Welcome to the Fit Life Podcast, connecting a clear path between the media and science to empower our listeners to live their fit life. I'm your host, Kurt Solquist, here at CoreFit Inc. So we are talking today about mindset, empowering ourselves to create sustainable changes. A lot of us have goals. A lot of us have pursued things in our life, and some of us have got there But many of us are still hungry and we're still trying to create change in different aspects of our life that haven't been as easy as others. We're going to talk about that today and get into it. We had a great episode. Um, I had two of my coaches on today, Amanda and Therese, and they did an excellent job highlighting some important details that we have experienced in this process as people come in with with multitude of goals. So whether or not it's a fitness-related goal or maybe it's a financial goal, it doesn't matter. These tools all work in the same ways across the board. So we're going to break that down, give you guys a couple scenarios, look at dieting, look at uh, you know, exploring you know, big goals when it comes to exercising and go through a couple scenarios and then give you the difference when we go through our eight weeks out program. What our eight weeks out program is going to employ and teach and allow you to come away with the tools necessary to create sustainable changes that are going to last over your lifetime. That's something that we have a program we've built into our core fit program. It includes personal training and group classes. Uh, For more questions, you guys can check out corefitting.com or the show notes down here below for a direct link to our eight weeks out program. Let's jump into this podcast though, guys. It's loaded, so be ready and uh, just take a minute and take it all in. Here we go. Hey guys, so I'm here today with Therese Martinez. Hello guys. And back on the podcast, it's been a minute, Amanda Polis. Hey guys, how's it going? So both coaches here at CoreFit, um, Amanda specializes in all things CoreFit and especially boxing. And then Therese, you guys may know from the other podcasts we've been doing here with the 8 Weeks Out program, uh, our registered dietitian and coach as well. So today, the topic... We're talking about creating change in our lives and really ultimately, why is it so hard to change our habits? You know, there's a lot of levels we could go in here and we want to try and keep this as simplistic as possible, but habits are something that we are ingraining from day one. You're learning how to react and respond to everything we do. And every single day we have our routines that we're either aware of or not aware of. They might be intentional or non-intentional, but our body goes on autopilot. If you think about driving to work, you don't really think about it. You just do it. I find myself actually leaving work all the time and I need to go uh, east that day, but I turn west heading towards home just because I really wasn't thinking about it. I had other things on my mind and autopilot is already functioning and my body's navigating me home. Um, and then I got to turn around at the next inter- the next turn and get back on route. These are the habits. These are the routines that are ingrained in our, our brain. Neurological pathways are basically carved just like ski hills going down a mountain or ski runs going down a mountain. As you go down on a fresh powder track and you create these tracks as you go down each time and you keep going down the same path, 
over and over again. These are the habits, the routines. That path gets deeper and it becomes harder to turn to the right all of a sudden, to take a new path. So I think if we look at the bigger perspective here, we're talking about health and lifestyle, but, but these notes we're going to give you today apply in all things in your life. There's a big thing happening out there right now when, when two out of three people in the United States are, are overweight or obese. And the majority of those people are actually in the obese category beyond just being overweight. And that's, a, I think, you know, a factor of many things, right? But one of those is it's, it's hard to change our lifestyle. Once we get to a certain point, we're going to get deeper into that. The change that we need in our life isn't so easy to do anymore. For example, let's take Sally. This is something I've seen, and I know our coaches here, we talked about this, have seen dozens of times. Sally is that person that's very ambitious. She's maybe had her 40th birthday. She wakes up and she says, this is the year I'm going to do something big. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start moving. I'm going to start adding exercise to my life. And what better way to do it than to sign up for that marathon? So we've got a marathon coming up and we're going to give ourselves plenty of time. We've signed up with a group of people and they're training every week to do this marathon. And we're on a 16 week plan. And so we start building up and we're doing the workouts, we're doing the runs and they're hard every week. We've got to find that time in our schedule, carve it out. Go get beat down for the hour plus run as we're approaching the end of that training session. Sometimes that's going to be three to four hours if we're doing that marathon for a goal. And we're walking away like feeling triumphant because we did it. But man, every night, every day, it's, it's hard starting that routine again. Ultimately, we get to race day and we complete that race. It's awesome. It, it's it's an emotional experience for Sally. She feels amazing. She accomplished this, but so glad it's done. And Sally heads back home and doesn't start exercising again. She's sore. She's tired. All that has peaked for her. It's all past. She no longer has to go out there on Friday. Maybe that group is no longer meeting and there's no one to run with. There's no one to get up there and run with. And and she doesn't feel as motivated anymore something's changed with Sally. She seemed like she created habits, right? She did the 21 day thing, which, you know, we've, we've kind of learned isn't really actually true. Um, that habits, it takes 21 days to create a habit. And Sally's no longer doing the marathons. She's no longer running. And it's, it's a rough go for Sally. This is one example with exercise we see. There's another good example with diet. I think, Therese, you'd be a good person to bring this this topic to yeah. life. Yeah. So, okay, so say Jim. He, um, he's someone that has been living off of microwavable meals and frozen, um, frozen meals for a long time, maybe often goes out for convenience, fast food, and it's just kind of, you know, at the spot where he is feeling like he needs to make some changes. He needs to get a little healthier. He wants to wants to lose some weight and just feel better. Um, possibly went to the doctor and they've been telling him the same thing for many years. And you know, you probably wanted to be changing, be moving more, eating healthier. And so 
he's like, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some changes in my diet. And, you know, he's heard about the ketogenic diet, or maybe he's heard about the whole 30 and he, um, he just kind of flips everything 180 degrees and starts to be incredibly rigid with what he eats, but kind of without a foundation of knowing really what food is and or how to cook a lot of whole foods or, um, you know, really truly understanding what the food is doing for him. Um, so for example, I've seen this a ton when people like opt for the ketogenic diet, for example, it's like, you know, that diet is all about macronutrients and hitting a lot, a lot, a lot of fat. And, um, and they'll just start consuming a ton of fat without really knowing where they're the that food is coming from for like if they're eating a ton of dairy and processed meats or maybe they're they're not considering micronutrient density that type of thing um he may see some results but since the foundation of really understanding why and and kind of creating the, the better transition to a, a more sustainable diet was not there, you know, it's very, very likely that he falls back. I've seen that so many times, especially with the ketogenic diet and even the Whole30. I mean, it's a very rigid, the Whole30 is a very rigid diet, taking out a lot of foods and attempting to um, eat more whole foods. But if, again, if the foundation and the understanding of how to do this isn't really, um, understood, it's very, very, very hard to have that sustainable change and people get frustrated and they, you know, there's this black and white mentality of this is what health, like health is eating healthy is like. And if you can't do it like this, then there's no point. And that's just so, um, so not true. And there are much better ways of approaching dietary and lifestyle changes. And it's, uh, it's really important to understand how to build that foundation and also, you know, have the patience for it too. I think that's a huge player in the in the game of um, of behavioral change is that it's it takes time and it takes patience um, to really get to that that point. Yeah, as a parent, I mean that's something when you say the word patience, mm -hmm. something we're trying to teach you know kids as they're growing up, and adults like you can imagine how hard and you know how hard it is to be patient about something. We want things in today's world. We're never bored. I mean, that's the crazy thing I think about with kids nowadays. Like, we were bored all the time, waiting for our parents to do whatever they had to do. And you're sitting there. I mean, I couldn't wait to drive. I mean, I was like, I remember thinking in my head, I'll never have to wait for anybody again when I can mm -hmm. drive. I, I, just, I can just go. And uh, having to wait for my mom to shop or whatever she was doing and and sitting in the car looking out the window. Now kids have computer tablets. They've got uh, DVDs in the car. It's crazy. Teaching them patience. Teaching us patience again. We're no longer bored. We've always got a phone to stare at. And we want things now. 
I want Amazon to deliver that package no later than tomorrow when I order today. In fact, I can't wait till Amazon's doing same-day shipping here in Spokane. So, I mean, it's crazy. Patience, that's a crazy word. And uh, when it comes to doing something that's difficult and it's uncomfortable, Jim's trying to change his eating routine, and he's feeling like Sally in a sense, like, this is work. And I don't know if, like, you know, I feel good doing it. I, I'm seeing results maybe, or maybe I'm not, and that's, that's really going to shut him down. But even if he is, is it worth it? Like, is this something that I want to keep up every day? Because it is a struggle for mm-hmm. me, just like Sally training for that marathon. So I think, you know, the next question is, what do Sally and Jim need to change in order to create change in their life on a long-term basis? And that's what the eight weeks, eight weeks out program is one of the, the foundations, the pillars, it might be the base of everything actually that, that is built in this program is built around these concepts of, of how we're going to give you an example of how Sally and Jim change things and ultimately come out a completely, they come out the person that they wanted to be at the beginning of that goal. It doesn't happen as fast as they might have thought it would. It doesn't happen by accomplishing that marathon in 16 weeks or Jim doing, you know, the the month challenge and um, coming out weighing the weight that he wanted to weigh and, and holding on to that weight long term. So let's start out with Sally. Sally's doing that running program. Where do we change things when she does the eight weeks out program? I think one thing it's important to realize here, um, maybe Amanda, you can you can summarize this for us, is the eight weeks out program. Do we expect Sally to conquer her goals in the eight weeks out program? Well, I think the main thing for the eight weeks out program is this is a lifestyle change. This is kind of gearing you up to um, help you out the first eight weeks to set a foundation on you know how to continue this after that marathon is done. Um, and that's what our focus is, you know, this is, this is a big deal. This is for you guys. And we're going to give you those steps on how to change your lifestyle, um, with small changes. You know, we want you guys to do like Kurt has talked about before in other podcasts, I think about 1% a day, you know, changing one small little behavior to then benefit into, um, something bigger after the eight weeks is done. And a huge thing that we're gonna have for you guys is um, accountability. You get a coach that you're you're gonna see us a lot, lots of one on one, and which is great. And we're here for you guys to hold accountability. I know for me and Therese, sometimes it's tough to get to the gym, and we'll text each other and say, "Hey, workout tomorrow at night." Ah, okay, okay. Well, I just made that commitment, and I had help, and that's all right. And that's what we're here for, for you guys when it comes to diet or coming to the gym or doing um, an exercise that we've given you within the eight weeks out. But ultimately, we're just trying to help set you guys up for the future. So after that eight weeks is done, you know what to do. You can continue on and, and feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're helping facilitate the use of the tools the Eight yeah. Weeks Out program has in it. You know, instead of taking the chainsaw to cut that tree down like you've been trying to do and, and you know, the tree's falling every which way and it's not working out like you're hoping, we're teaching you how to whittle that tree down with an axe now. 
one hit at a time. And if we go to Sally here, and she's setting that goal of running a marathon, and let's say that's you, you come in here and that's what you think you want to do, and that's great, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about a different approach to conquering your marathon. For Sally, rather than, it's important to have these things that get you excited, and maybe this marathon was something she'd seen you know, before, whatever it is, and, and again, I use this concept, I'm using the analogy of the marathon because I have literally seen that with, you know, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and, and all these different cool events that people are doing that somebody who's not doing anything decides they want to do it. And we run into that scenario. Instead, to make this lifelong change, we set Sally up with, hey, let's conquer a 5K. Instead of training for 16 weeks to do this marathon, which is like a very minimal time and probably really not enough if you're not exercising at all, you're, there, there's multi, multiple things that are going to happen there, including it being really hard if you don't get injured along the way. Instead, let's take eight weeks and let's conquer a 5K. That's about three miles. Obviously, you can do that sooner, but eight weeks is going to give us the opportunity to really set up and train and feel good about when we conquer that race. You will have ran three miles for sure before that eight week period comes up. But the way you're gonna run it is gonna be way different at the end of this eight week program. That's gonna walk away. Sally now leaves doing that 5K feeling good. She pushed herself. She got uncomfortable during that 8K and she ran the entire time, which maybe for Sally, that's the first time she's ever run three miles without stopping and walking. That's a huge victory. It wasn't the beatdown that conquering that marathon was. Now Sally is engaged and ready to come back and train again on Monday. She's ready to train for her next 5K. Okay, So we're going to get several 5Ks conquered. And we're going to create those wins that are, again, going to build her confidence. Now, Sally's conquered maybe a half dozen 5Ks this year. She is ready to up the game. She's excited. She's looking at a 10K. She conquers that 10K and she feels great. That was good. She was more than ready for it. She says, what's next? What can I do on the next, next bucket list item I'm going to cross off? Maybe now she's ready to go after that half marathon. Maybe, maybe, depending on the person, because there's different types of personalities out there. They're going to love training for that marathon at this point. But the next person might need to win a little bit more before they go out there and they do something that's going to probably take them around four to five hours or maybe longer to do and, and be in a running place and cover 26.2 miles. I think something else to to address here too, as you're talking, I was thinking about this. We talk a little bit about identity um, in the eight weeks out and something that, you know, we see, you know, for someone like Sally, if, um, and even folks that are, that are in a mindset of losing weight and that's the sole reason that they are changing the way that they're eating, there's these goals that are established that are just sought after for however long it takes them to get to that goal but the the process and the um the mindset in in accomplishing the goals is a little um lost right so so even as Kurt was talking about Sally I'm kind of thinking what's she even you know she keeps having these goals these goals these goals but does she 
you know, like, does she kind of change her mindset that she is now a runner or is like, or that, that she now, um, works out regularly. You know, if you're, I think that if a person is constantly seeking to just accomplish, accomplish, accomplish without kind of more or less embracing the journey and understanding how those accomplishments are changing them and who they are, then you'll just like forever be seeking. And I don't know, I think that that can impact the sustainability of the behavior change. And so that just is something else we are, we work on in the eight weeks out is, um, and I think is incredibly imperative in order to create long lasting changes to really establish the, who you're trying to be. And I think that is something that isn't really addressed for a lot of folks when they are attempting to change. They are, they're, they're seeking um, what they think will bring happiness without really understanding why, why that's going to help them. I literally just had that conversation yesterday with somebody. So that's mm-hmm. really good you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, this person had, was weighing 300 pounds, 300 pounds a couple of years ago. And, you know, they were a little distraught that they did not podium at the race that they were going after. And we got to talking and really got back to the point of like, wow, you know, actually what's been most important to me is the journey along the way. Not, you know, yeah, podium would have been great. And that would have been an awesome reward that I could, I could literally hang on the mantle. But that's not what this is about. This is about the day, every day that I got up and I did the training. I, I ate the way that, you know, I, I identify with. I identify myself as a healthy individual who is now not a 300 pound person trying to lose weight. I'm a healthy invisible, or individual trying to live my fittest life. Mm-hmm. And that, in the sense, is its reward in itself. Every day that I, I do something that helps me, I meet my identity. And that's a deeper layer and definitely yeah. a deeper layer in something that we get into with this, this program. And I want to bounce off of both of you two just to let you guys know in the eight weeks out. We help you discover, you know, what your identity is and what you want to define yourself as approaching this program. So we're here for you guys if you're like, what are they talking about? How am I going to do that? We have some tools for you guys. Again, like Kurt said, where we kind of help you, guide you through trying to figure this out. How do I change a behavior? What are the four laws of behavior change? You know, how do I how do I track my habits and how do I do this? It can all be very overwhelming. So just to let you guys know, we're here for you doing that process. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think we should go, um, let's talk about Jim. We don't want to leave yeah, Jim hanging here. Jim. Yeah. What does Jim, Jim need to do? Because that's, that's 99% of people out there. I want to lose weight, thus I'm going to start a diet plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of starting this diet plan, what's what's the eight weeks out approach. Yeah. Well, first, you know, we kind of look at certain motives, you know, um, I think that, you know, people come in and they, they want to lose weight. Um, like 98% of the time I see them. That's one of the main things, right. Or maybe it's biomarkers, um, from certain labs or something like that. And they want to get healthier. Um, but, but, translating that to application and what that actually means for a person's life is first and foremost. I think it, it takes, 
it'll take Jim first diving in pretty deep into what is going to be different in his life when he has lost weight. You know, who, who is he trying to be um, as a lighter person, as someone that has less pounds on him, um, as a healthier person. And so getting that done first and foremost, I think is very important. And then we kind of break down much smaller steps with actual dietary changes, right? So it's um, you know, making, making better snacking choices um, for convenience options, you know, setting yourself up for success. Like that's a whole, whole reason meal planning is so, um, so important and great, but that is something that maybe Jim, you know, as he ventured into the ketogenic diet, maybe he did make out a, a month plan of, of a calendar of meals and he sets down, sets time on every Sunday to, um, cook like, you know, 17 meals for the week or whatever. And it's incredibly overwhelming. I mean, that just stresses me out thinking about it. Yeah. And, um, I think I did mention this on one of the other podcasts, but, uh, you know, meal planning is, is such a great tool, but people kind of think that you have to, it has to be this extravagant venture. It's like, you know, uh, there's a, a, a couple dietitians I follow, the real food RDs and they sell, you know, meal planning ideas and they only have like two meals that they recommend people cooking um, at the beginning of the week or whenever they can, you know, it's just two and sometimes it's just one. And I think that that just, it honestly lightens the load and the pressure off of thinking that you have to make, you know, all these meals at the beginning of the week. It's like, no, actually just make a batch of hamburger patties or just make like chop some vegetables up and put them in the fridge just so they're a little bit more convenient. You know, it's not, you don't have to have the next eight weeks of meals set up. And, uh, and so, yeah. Um, what so if, what about, so what if I'm someone where I don't really know how to cook? If I don't know how to cook, where, you know, where should I start? Or maybe cooking scares me or, or even going to the grocery store and going yeah. to grocery shopping. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good point. I think that we have to back up even further. Yeah, maybe like because meal planning in and of itself is a whole thing, and right. you know, getting people to understand, you know, how to navigate the grocery store, what is it even like to look up recipes, you know, yeah. and and all of that I think is so important and very very challenging. So. You know, ideally what we do is help the baby steps, you know, help develop these staple groceries and and give give people very, very simple recipes to play around with. And or it could even just be certain recommendations of instead of having, you know, your orange soda with your lunch, you have an orange LaCroix or something like that. Right. You small know? changes, small, small wins. Yeah. That's kind of where it, we're tying up with uh, this eight weeks out program is trying to get you guys to, to get those small wins, not having that, you know, like Tree said, orange soda for lunch. Well, we had a LaCroix. That's great. Yeah. That is a big deal. Yeah. You know? And that's something that you're going to be able to sit down with your coach and look at. You know, I hope you guys, anybody listening to this, wherever you are, I mean, one, I'll, I'll throw it out there. We do this online too, so you can reach out to us and, and anywhere in the world we can help work with you. But 
regardless, you can take this information and work on implementing it in your own life. I mean, that's one reason we make this, this podcast as part of our program public. So everybody out there can benefit from it. But something that's really going to help is that this is something where we sit down, you'll sit down with your coach and we're going to be able to look at your scenario because, you know, Jim and his diet is going to be very different, his habits, his routines than, you know, Bill. So this next person is going to have these different sets of routines and habits and we can really go out there and look at it from a professional eye that's looked at you know, hundreds if not thousands of diets and routines from everybody else and come up with some simple pointers. Maybe one of Jim's issues is that, yeah, he's, he's going long periods between his meals and that's, thus he's ravenous by the time he needs to eat. And when he comes home, he overeats, you know, he looks through the cabinet and he's pulling out everything he can. And then he's, you know, not having any room left in his stomach once he's stuffed himself full of chips and pop and anything he could grab that was quick to actually want to eat the healthy food that he cooked. So whatever that scenario is, we're going to be able to look at that and figure out troubleshoot with you and figure out like here are some little simple modifications we can start adding that's going to help you create headway. When you've done this now and you follow these routines and you're learning like, wow, yeah, actually this is working out really well for me. Um, or maybe it's not, and we'll modify and twist things and figure out what does. And then you're ready to maybe take on more. It naturally just starts to happen. Another element of the eight weeks out program is not only are you working one-on-one to create the customization within your dietary plans and the tools you're gonna need to create your habits for success, but you're also immersed in our community at CoreFit. And that is, as I've said it in probably every podcast here, our most powerful tool is the group of people that you will be around that are supportive, welcoming, and, and inspiring. When you're hanging around these people and you're working side by side with somebody and you're going to find like, yeah, you know, there's some areas where I'm a little stronger at than that person. And there's some areas where, you know, there might be a lot of areas where that person's a lot stronger at than myself. But... I start to feel like, well, you know, I can keep up with that person. And I hear about the, the exciting activities that they're doing outside of the gym. You know, I'm a little more interested in that. And that right there in turn creates ways of making this fun, making it part of your everyday life. It's not just something you do like I have to go to the gym. This is something you begin to look forward to. It's an avenue for, it's a vessel, an avenue. It drives you to do more. And that's what, that the concept of live your fit life. So what it comes from like your fit life is you going out and literally living every day creating your your greatest story and something you feel good about when you go to bed at night yeah, yeah i agree anything else you guys want to summarize here is this um creating you know the, the summary of what we're doing here is is facilitating those habits to create change building these routines talk about sally and jim here and there's many more scenarios out there i know um that's where if you have questions i really encourage you to email us you know info at corefit inc um, there's obviously the links in the show notes that'll help you find more information about eight weeks out and corefit and our coaches here check out the corefitinc.com website and you can check out amanda and Teresa's profile send them an email right there and uh get it started yeah, I say if you if you relate to Sally or Jim at all, this is uh, definitely something you may want to you're gonna want to look into. Yeah, and we definitely look forward to meeting you and helping you through this journey. That's right.
All right. I hope you, all you guys out there lived your fit life today. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.